0: from Yahoo Finance. This is a World Interrupted. Welcome into live market coverage here on Yahoo Finance. You're watching The Ticker. I'm Zach Guzman. and Right now, we have stocks uh, in the red. I mean, look at the Dow. The Nasdaq, the only major index in the green right now, up by about a third of 1%. Still, the Dow pacing for about a 3% rise. It's going to be the best week we've seen if things hold uh, since April 9th. Of course, Uh, We did trade lower to start the day when we got the news out of China. It was top of investors' minds speaking to the tensions between the U.S. and China as China stresses its forces in Hong Kong. Uh, The National People's Congress today mentioning that national security organs of the central people's government will set up agencies in Hong Kong to fulfill relevant duties to safeguard national security. That's stoking tensions between the U.S. and China, which were already stressed, due to the fact that we are dealing with a uh, pandemic right now, and obviously a lot of accusations being flung from the White House to China. Senators also now talking about delisting companies, uh, Chinese companies listed here in the U.S. We also got the update from White House Economic Advisor Kevin Hassett saying that the Chinese move to pressure Hong Kong is going to, quote, be very bad for the Chinese economy. So investors uh, are very much trying to weigh what will come of the new tensions right now. And for more on that, I want to bring on our market guest for today. Jonathan Golub is Credit Suisse Securities' chief U.S. equity strategist. And he joins us on the phone to kick things off here on the ticker. Uh, and Jonathan, when we look at this, it is interesting just because, you know, you had the optimism of a phase one trade deal with China. Then you have coronavirus hit. Tension's already strained. Now you have this. oh, And now you have China just completely throwing out growth trajectories and growth numbers that they normally put out. So what's your take on the way that this might impact uh, the economy there and the economy here.
1: Well, I mean, for, first and for, foremost, this, the, the the path for the U.S. economy and the global economy is really going to be driven by the the pandemic itself and 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 the like. But th- there is there's no question about it that China's relationship with the rest of the world is substantially strained as it relates to um, to this on a variety of things, including the impact that China has on um, workflows and supply chains around the the world. That that is something that I think is going to be renegotiated after this. Um, There's still lingering concerns um, over the unresolved issues around trade, which are taking a back seat. So while Hong Kong alone wouldn't be the the focus of the, the market, it really does um, weigh on that broader picture of China's role in, you know, with the United States and, and others, and, and that's probably going to mean a step back for global trade in general and, and trade with China more specifically over time.
0: Yeah, you talk about, I mean, I guess the phase one trade deal had much more to do with farmers and, you know, soybean purchases than it did uh, technology names. But the overall push of the trade deal and what progress is trying to be made here was forced technology transfers and the way that tech companies are looking at the Chinese market and unfair competition. Um, But if you look at the year to day performance of tech stocks, you wouldn't know that there might be problems on that front right now. Uh, It's the only sector up year-to-date, up by about 5%. And you, Jonathan, were pretty outspoken about tech stocks being your main play here back in February before we really saw the market take a lower level or or a dip here. Uh, What's your thinking been around what we've seen play out as tech stocks generally have stood up to be uh, the sector that hasn't been as hard hit um, from the coronavirus pandemic than everybody else? Are you sticking with that moving forward for the rest of 2020? We
1: we are, and I think it's part of a a larger um, theme here, which is that 70% or so of the S&P 500 is quite healthy. 30% of of the S&P, unfortunately, is not quite healthy. And so what's healthy? First and foremost, you have tech companies. You also have consumer staples business and healthcare names, and, and those parts of the economy that are not as economically sensitive and that whole suite is doing quite well, and it's really at the expense of financials and industrial companies and autos and retailers and travel-related names. So there's a really two separate groups of stocks, and, and it's, it's not just simply the sentiment towards these companies, because that's not what the story is. It's really the fact that um, most companies – are able to weather this storm pretty well, and tech is at the very top of that food chain. And so we think that they're going to continue to, um, to lead. And for those folks who are concerned about the price of tech companies and how much valuations are going up, the real question that they have to ask themselves was you're rather potentially overpaying for a company that is going to have decent earnings through a really ugly crisis Or to get a fair value on something that you're not really sure if they're going to come out the other side. And I think the answer is pretty clear. Paying up for tech right now is probably a good idea.
0: Yeah, you stole my question right out from under me there because that is kind of the relative valuation question right now. But I guess if you drive down into those tech names, you call it tech plus some people like to call them the fang names. If you look into those, which ones are you seeing right now as the best bet? Because year-to-date or, or over a year horizon, Apple would stand out. But recently, Facebook, with its new e-commerce push in partnership with Shopify, seems to be catching uh, the momentum right now at all-time highs. So, so what do you think uh, might be the biggest fang name to own right now?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I don't like to to, to to talk about individual stocks as much as to kind of think about this, th- this thematically. So you want those areas that tend to have the lowest fixed overhead, the, the most sustainable uh, business models. And so software, obviously, and cloud-based names, um, those tend to do really well. Whereas if you look at hardware and semiconductors and um, and you know um, telecom equipment those areas tend to be a little bit more cyclical, a little more economically exposed, and are probably less in the sweet spot than um, than you know like i said software and and um, and cloud based um, you know companies and listen they're going to take um, some kind of a hit the tech. The broad, what we call tech plus, which includes not only the formal tech companies, but areas like Amazon and Google and Facebook, which are kind of the broader tech universe, even if they're classified as discretionary or something else. Um, you know, we 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 just think that that broader universe is um, is quite well positioned.
0: You yeah, know, it is interesting uh, to highlight the dichotomy there in terms of maybe an Amazon uh, versus a Facebook and Amazon and their cloud uh, business. Uh, versus Facebook and their new e-commerce push because they were the ones to catch on later. And obviously, when you talk about risk, that seems to be on the top of minds of a lot of investors. We got the Bank of America Fund Manager Survey earlier in the week showing that 68% of investors aren't buying this as more than just a bear market rally. Obviously, a lot of risks out there to talk about. We'll get the the jobs report uh, for the month of May, uh, you know, a few weeks from now. But obviously, uh, 38 million Americans applying for unemployment and the way that we've seen equities has raised a lot of questions uh, right now. So how do you weigh the risks? You talk about tech being one standout, but overall, uh, the majority of stocks right now are still in bear markets. So what do you kind of uh, advise uh, people to think about when we think about navigating the right, right now and a potential uh, for more closures ahead?
1: Right. So you know, what we really have here is um, is, is a series of different forces that are coming together, some of them extremely bearish and some of them surprisingly bullish. And so let me kind of just lay that, that out. The first one is this, the path of the virus should be more concerning to people than, 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 they, than perhaps we're all discounting. And what I mean by that is we're still having something in the ballpark of 1,500 people a day dying in the United States of coronavirus, and those numbers are not coming down anywhere near what was forecasted only several weeks ago. And so it looks like that this potential fear we had of a second wave in the fall is not really the way it's going to play out. It looks like we're just not getting rid of the first wave and we're plateauing at a high level. And if we then start to open up from this level, there's a risk that this, in fact, might get even, you know, get worse from here because we're going to be doing more uh, social interacting. So the that is the the starting point for for the risk, and it's like I said, it's a disappointment compared to what we, we would think. The um, the other part of this is all indications are that while there's a, a tremendous amount of resources um, towards a solution, both in terms of a vaccine and therapeutics that this is going to take substantially longer than, than we think. Um, I, I don't know when we're gonna have a solution, but a vaccine um, that is widely distributed, that is, that is you know, um, available and implemented, not only um, you know, in certain spots, but really the entire developed world, you're, you're talking about something that is probably at the earliest in the second half of 2021, which means that the idea of a V-shaped recovery is probably, just, is probably just really way off the mark. Now, that's the, that's the first starting point of, of the negativity. Now, here's the positive offset against that, and I think this is really what's driving markets is the government gets it like they, they don 't think that this is going to be okay, and so what they 're doing is they 're saying is we do not want people to starve we don 't want people to lose their homes we don 't want small businesses to go under we don 't want large businesses to have um, to, to not be able to access the debt market so that they can continue to to high, you know keep things going, mm-hmm. and so the government is stepping in in force. And it's really the push-pull between this, you know, this, this crisis, which is really rough, and you talked about the number of people who were laid off, and then uh, the government that is doing extraordinary things to – I wouldn't say uh, you know, get rid of these um, uh, consequences because they're real, but yeah. to push off the pain further into the future – and that's what ultimately is winning the day now. It's the response by government as opposed to this thing not being bad. It's bad. It's a government response that's really winning the day, though.
0: Yeah, and the way that we've continued to see the Fed, uh, you know, launch facility after facility to navigate all of this as well. But Jonathan, all of Credit Suisse Securities Chief uh, U.S. Equity Strategist, appreciate you taking the time as always, sir. <music> Thank you for listening to A World Interrupted from Yahoo Finance. For more coverage on the coronavirus and its economic impact, make sure to watch our bell-to-bell live programming throughout the day. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review there. In the meantime, stay safe, take care of yourself, and we'll get through this.